Hey there, this is Anishma Jumdar, career coach. Get ready for something transformative with Aubrey Johnson and the road to rediscovery. Our lives are laid out on a road of bumps, turns, struggles, and more. How do we respond? How do we endure adversity for learning and growth? I'm Aubrey Johnson, and we'll explore these questions and more on the road to rediscovery. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Road to Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson. The Road to Rediscovery is about reflecting on life lessons, to learn and grow from them, and of course, pay it forward and uplift others who are struggling through dark times. Now, as you know, on The Road to Rediscovery, we are very, very passionate about delivering quality content for you and your personal growth. If you like what you hear, please visit roadtorediscovery.com slash donate. That's road, the number two, rediscovery.com slash donate. We'll give you a shout out in a future episode. And as always, there is no obligation. We are truly, truly grateful for your listenership. So listen here when I say this, okay? And it may sound funny, but a dollar bill is a dollar bill is a dollar bill. You see a dollar bill on the table and you think, oh, there's a dollar bill, right? Ah, but there's more to it than its mere presence, right? Its mere presence is fueled by society's interpretation of money. It can be a source for a lot of good and for a lot of bad. With money as a factual, unapologetic object combined with the human element of emotion in all of our struggles, triumphs, circumstances, and mood swings, we are we talking oil and water? Are we talking about that as a mixture? Well, we're about to find out because my special guests have extensive backgrounds in accounting, finance, and marketing. They have come together as the hosts of their show, The Money Tales Podcast, a show focused on dispelling the taboos of money to encourage people to discuss it openly. Let's welcome Cami Doder and Sandy Brager to the show. Cami and Sandy, it's so great to have you here. Welcome. Thank, thank you, you so much, Aubrey. It's a pleasure oh. to be here. Well, thank you. We are thrilled to have you here for sure. We are very thrilled to have you here. And uh, can we first start by giving a little context for the listeners and just, and I'm sure you've been asked this many times before, just explaining how you met and the idea, how, how, how did the idea, how was it sparked for your podcast, Money Tales? Kimmy, do you want to take the lead on this one? I'll, I'll kick us off. Sure. So as Aubrey said, my name's Cami Doder, and I'm really thrilled to be here with you, Aubrey. Um, so Sandy and I are partners at a wealth management firm. Mm -hmm. We're colleagues. We've been partners and, and friends for a long time. The firm's called Asperient. Our clients are high net worth individuals, mm -hmm. and money's a big part of their life. So thanks for talking about that dollar bill. I really felt it on the table. <laughs> so Sandy and I have worked a long time. I head up marketing and um, sorry, Sandy, I'll steal your thunder. Sandy's our chief client officer. So she's okay. helping our, our current clients have the best experience. I help our future clients mm -hmm. navigate and find the right firm to work with. Okay. So it's pre-pandemic 2020. And I don't know if you remember those times. Like I do. To. Yeah. There weren't that <laughs> many podcasts around back then. <laughs> no, it wasn't. That's so true. <laughs> 
So Sandy and I happened to run into each other back at the office when we all used to go to offices. Yeah. We're in the kitchen and and Sandy is always creating and thinking of new ideas. And she says, Cammy, we got to do a podcast. <laughs> and and honestly, you. it was time. Uh-huh. And and um sure enough, I just come from a marketing forum where we talked a lot about technology. And I, I left that forum thinking we have to do a podcast. Right. But it's not so simple. You know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's it's a like, what's it about? Uh, right, right. How do we do it? What do we do? All these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sandy was the right partner to jump in with this. Uh, so I'll fast forward and just say that we we stuck to it. We were committed to really awesome. doing nine episodes. We said, let's just try it. It's a really yeah. interesting medium. Mm-hmm. What do we talk about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's where Sandy, maybe I'll even hand it over to you. If yeah. you can share your background and kind of what, why you, you know, sparked uh, the essence of money tales. Thank you, Cammie. Thanks for setting it up. And yes, Aubrey, it's so great to be here with you. Thanks for having us. So I work with our clients in addition to being in charge of the client experience and, and really helping all the clients that experience serves. And in the individual client situations I'm in where I'm working with individuals, with couples, with families, oftentimes my colleagues and I hear comments such as, wow, we're so glad we have you. There's no one else that we have that we can speak to about this money topic or that right. money topic. Right. And as an advisor, as a trusted advisor, it feels so good to hear that. But as Cammie and I were talking about the podcast platform, Aubrey, we said, well, geez, why, you know, that's wonderful. We, we love that. But but why is it so? Why aren't more people talking about money with their friends, with their family, with strangers on the street? And so that became really interesting to Cami and me to, to, to sort of take that taboo and shake it up. Mm-hmm. And with Money Tales, we're trying to break it wide open because that's what we and our colleagues do every day at Experian mm-hmm. with our clients. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, this may sound kind of meta, but I'm I'm just curious. <clears throat> when people, when you have clients who are uncomfortable when it comes to the discussion of money, um, do you find that it's a tough nut to crack where you need to maybe gain their trust to be to be open, or 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 do you feel that they gravitate to you and feel more comfortable talking to you about money, but? The work that they need done is talking to their partner about money. Um, do, do you get one or the other or a little bit of both depending on the client? How, how does that work out? I, Aubrey, it's it's different for every single individual and every couple. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. what we found is that the key is developing that tr- trust early on. Yeah. And the best way we can develop trust with our clients is really understanding who they are. Right. What are their values? What's the purpose of their wealth and what's most important to them? Because if we can understand that, then then we know where they're coming from and we can understand better the role that money plays in their lives. Mm -hmm. And Cammie and I find the same thing to be true when we talk to guests on Money Tales. Oftentimes we're talking with folks that that we don't know or we don't know very well. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing to sort of start with some of those questions. And, and we tend to go back early in a person's life and ask about what money was like when the guest or in the case of clients, um, 
clients what it was like when they were growing up. Was money discussed? How were they thinking and feeling about money? Right. Because that opens up so much. There's so mm -hmm. much we learn as young people. Mm -hmm. And there's these money scripts and money perspectives that we just take in. Sometimes it's because of the conversations we were in or what we were hearing about money. Yeah. Sometimes it was based on what the adults around us were modeling. And so when it comes to couples, you ask, well, can it be different for, for one partner and another? It absolutely can. And I think asking those questions and, and sharing information about early money stories and early money messages can yeah. open up so much and, and it creates a great container of trust. Gotcha. Gotcha. You mentioned something about couples, right? And I'm just going to be completely transparent with you. Uh, I had a question regarding couples. Okay. So I'm going to advance and ask that question because I would love to hear um, both of your take on, on, on this. Okay. So hypothetically speaking, and who knows, you may have even encountered this in a client, right? You have a couple as a client. They've been together for 10 years. One has always had the mindset of a penny saved is a penny earned. You know, throw money into savings every time you get paid and do that first. Um, they also have the mindset of, you know, it's important to have a six-month nest egg uh, in case of hard times, right? And then, in contrast, their partner, <laughs> they're about, you can't take it with you. <laughs> <laughs> Pay your bills, but also get what, uh, what you want so you can enjoy it. Life is short, you know? The question is, can these two mindsets co-exist? And if so, using the example that I just uh, shared with you, that scenario, what caused their success in being together 10 years without choking one another? <laughs> I love it. I'll, I'll start. You know, yes, and they can coexist. Mm -hmm. This is the point of money tales, though, because that, that happens a lot, right? We're... yeah. You know, we're different people. We have different thoughts and beliefs and passions. And, mm -hmm. and neither of those are right and neither is wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All you have to do, you said it, is figure out a way to coexist. So we, we talk a lot about, before you even talk about the money, talk yeah. about what the values are, what it's for. I mean, the, mm -hmm. you know, when you're dating, that's a really good time to have these conversations. Right. The worst when we know, and we all know this, when... Sometimes when you hit those crossroads in relationships, you sort of think, we'll just put it off in the corner and we'll deal with it when we need to. Right. And right. then it grows and then it becomes this big hairy monster. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of this, this whole message we're putting out there with money tales. The, the sooner you talk about it, the more you become facile with the conversation, the more comfortable, and you can still have these differences. And then you're right. trying to resolve how do we work together within these differences? Right. I see. Makes That's right. And, and I'll just add to what Cammie said, Aubrey, by mm -hmm. mentioning that, that these conversations, it's great if you can have them at the beginning of a relationship in the early days. Yeah. Having them 10 years into a marriage is fine, too. Mm -hmm. there, there's, no, um, <laughs> there's no bad time to start having Over. conversations. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I would say also, I find it helps couples when they can create that joint vision, what are they yeah. trying to achieve together? And the more clarity they can put around that vision, and, and some people are, are visual, they'll actually draw pictures, they'll, they'll do a vision board, um, yeah. some folks right. just putting it together into words. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. But having that joint vision is so powerful because it allows each partner to think about what they're bringing to that vision and how their own habits and tendencies and preferences play into that vision. So it could be that um, the person who is the saver is saving enough money that the spender can 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 spend for the couple, right? Like it, it's mm-hmm. finding the right mm-hmm. balance. Um, and sometimes that doesn't work. <laughs> sometimes we get to extremes and we're saving too much mm-hmm. or we're spending too much. Right. But having those open conversations and making plans around the vision is really helpful. And I would also add that working with an advisor, and this sounds very self-serving, advisors come in lots of, sh- of shapes and forms, sure, but working sure. with an outside um person or team can be really helpful because that person is objective. They're not in the relationship. They can provide insights and accountability, um, partnering in in all sorts of other um, tools to help the couple stay on their way. And one of the things, not just to add one Mm -hmm. more thought, Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that's come up in some of our money tiles conversations is about how some of our guests have been involved in mastermind groups or have Mm -hmm. coaches. Mm -hmm. So again, this is just an expansion of this idea of an advisor. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a a good friend or family member, but bringing someone else in to to help keep things on track to achieve that vision can be very helpful. Gotcha. Someone uh, who's objective or has an objective view, maybe not necessarily have uh, skin in the game so to so to speak exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah bringing yeah. A, a mother-in-law or father-in-law yeah there you go Bring <laughs> one of those not gonna in, be right? that helpful <laughs> well yeah maybe not i mean they may be a little partial to one side who knows yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah well sandy i love love the point that you brought up regarding um how impactful and huge a common goal or vision um can can be right because i mean couples when they come together, they talk about plans for the future, right? They talk about uh, let's invest in uh, a beach house, you know, or let's save up for that 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 trip to Europe, you know. And then it's like, okay, well, what are the steps for us to go about achieving that, right? And and so those are common goals and common visions to where you know how can we leverage the strengths of each other financially to equip us to have the resources for that goal. That's That's what I've gathered from it. That is spot on. And I love the image behind you of the road to rediscovery, right? Because Uh, it's a matter of figuring out what is the destination and how, how, what road are you going to travel on together and what responsible, what responsibilities will each of you have as you're traveling down that road? Which of course makes me, Sandy, makes me think of, Uh, a couple we spoke with recently on the podcast who were actually driving down a steep road. They were in the mountains. They had just looked at some investment property. Really? And were dreaming Uh about, oh my God, wouldn't it be great? (laughs) We could go up there. Maybe we even rent it out. Yeah. It took this drive. (laughs) We might not recommend this to everybody, but they were going, you know, 60 miles down the 60 miles out and down miles per hour down the freeway. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Having, a really intense conversation, which then produced a realization that they're both kind of didn't have, they had a lot of debt. And uh, <laughs> so mm-hmm. this, and they didn't this know road, that about each other. They didn't know they, it. They, they didn't. Thought, 
they each thought based on the lifestyle that their partner was leading. This is, yeah. and this was early in their relationship. Right. right they yes. both assumed everything is stable. Everything is great. Mm -hmm. You know, my partner has enough money. They can help fund this because I know I have this debt. And then they both realized, Oh no, no, we, we both have this debt. Right. Yeah. And we love yeah. this idea that no one could jump out of the car. They had to stick to this conversation. <laughs> yes. So, it's yes. a strategy. <laughs> <laughs> that is a strategy i mean you know it, it that didn't happen by happenstance right it was, that's right yeah no one can jump out of the car you have to have this conversation and we come out a lot better on the other end in a lot of cases mm -hmm. right that's yeah. right no it's true but you know in our society we're taught not to talk about money there's all sorts of, of reasons why why it's not comfortable to talk about money for many people yeah um, that's there's so a lot true. of judgment around money in our society yeah um, yeah. Very easy to judge. So it we have to acknowledge that when we're in money conversations. And one strategy that we like is really asking the person that you want to talk to about money, whether it's your spouse, a friend, or you know, someone you work with, um, is asking for permission and, mm -hmm. and sharing what it is you're you're hoping to get from the conversation so that you're creating a safe space right. for the conversation. And yeah making sure that that person is willing to engage with you. Yeah, because it all starts with trust and mm -hmm. it starts with uh, creating that trustworthy environment, right? Um, and that safe environment to where someone doesn't feel like they need to be on the defensive or they don't feel as if they're going to be interrogated or uncomfortable to where they can open up. And so, you know, it for this next question, it may not matter now it may be moot because of the mere fact that it exists but i was just wondering sandy cammy what your thoughts were on since the very early days of currency currency of any kind right what do you think is the source of the taboo that we as humans started associating with money what's what what is the source of the taboo i mean is it socioeconomic status is it judgment um maybe our own self-preservation and security um what are your thoughts on that it's a really great question and mm -hmm. i'm curious to know the answer i can only guess but i think it has something to do with etiquette mm -hmm. right because it's just it, it someone decided it's mm -hmm. just not proper i um, see to talk about money. That would be my guess. It's a really mm -hmm. good question. Cammy. what do you think? Yeah, I was I was going along those lines that there was a, you know, we started bartering, then we had money, then there was with money came ownership of assets and ways right. to show off that right. I'm doing better than you. And <laughs> I wonder if that all fed into this idea of then we don't talk about it because it's not respectful or maybe some so almost should, should you assume that I'm of a certain stature? I'm curious. Let's let's dig into that sometime. Yeah, I would be curious. I mean, let me know if you find out, you know, just, mm -hmm. uh, and again, like I said, it exists today. So maybe it's moot, but it'd be kind of fun to know, I would think. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. A, a mm -hmm. lot of our guests will say, geez, you know, I can talk about sex. I could talk about <laughs> death. I right, can talk right. about anything. But Taxes. if you ask me how much money I make, I'm yeah, not going to yeah. tell you. Or if you ask me how much <laughs> I spend, there's no way. Right. Um, so it is interesting. It can be a really limiting force. And mm -hmm. we just want to encourage everybody to give it a try. Um, yeah. And if you're someone who happens to be very confident and comfortable, 
that's a great gift and use it to open up others and make others feel comfortable because when we have more information and we can have these open conversations, Mm -hmm. we can just make much better decisions for ourselves and our families. Oh, we truly, we truly can. I'm sorry, Cammie. I was just going to say, we Mm -hmm. also find that, you know, it, it also, these conversations can free people from thinking, oh, I need to know so much more before I even have a money conversation. Mm -hmm. I feel inept. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of, we put pressure on ourselves that there's something about money. Like we we outsource everything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Something about money. We think we got to do it all. We got to do it all. Mm -hmm. And so that's another thing we've, we've talked a lot about on money tales Mm -hmm. is around let's chip away at this stuff. You don't need to know everything. You can outsource it. If you don't feel comfortable doing that, there's a lot of foundational things you can do to, you don't need to understand derivatives to be really good at, you know, confident around money and talk sure. about money. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's a great point. That's a great point. And uh, some people may have those assumptions as the barriers or the obstacles in right. getting comfortable about talking about money. And uh, that would be a revelation, I would think, to them, you know, once you share it with them as a client. So, uh, yeah, no, thank you for sharing that, Cami. That's an excellent point. So, uh, like you said, we, we, we interact with each other. We're human beings. Um, there is an emotional element to us as human beings, right? We're emotional beings. And with the potential of our emotions, you know, we have the potential of getting triggered by an event that involves money, right? Like hitting the lottery or getting double charged on your utility bill, or maybe someone picks up your Starbucks tab or your lunch mm-hmm. tab, right? So if you were to assign a percentage for a healthy ratio when it comes to dealing with money, would what would that ratio be? Would it be like, say, you want to be 70% cerebral, factual, mm-hmm. and 30% emotional? Or is it 80-20? Or is it 60-40? What would that ratio be if you were to assign one for money? Aubrey, I love this question because it's taking me back to your your comments at the outset of this interview about the dollar bill. (laughs) And I wish I had it handy because I would show it up on screen. But I have a dollar bill in my my wallet. Uh And I use it as a visual aid to show people that there's two sides of money. There's the side with, with, with George Washington's head on it, right? That's right. the intellectual side of money that you're mm-hmm. talking about. Mm-hmm. On the back side of a dollar bill, I've actually transcribed a heart because there's an emotional side of money. Mm. Yes. And so for a lot of people, when they think about money, they think about that technical side. Right, right. I need to know, and this is some of what Cammie was just talking about. We feel like we need to know about taxes and about investments and about balancing a a budget or keeping track of how much money we have in a bank account, right? That's all the technical side, Mm -hmm. but the emotional side that you're talking about is huge. The emotional side is where we make our decisions, right? So we can know everything on the technical side, (laughs) but if we're not ready to engage emotionally, yeah, yeah, we, we might not be prepared to make great decisions for ourselves. So mm-hmm. I don't think about it as ratios. Okay. I think about it more as building awareness. Mm. So if we're aware of the emotions that we're having around money, 
then we can learn to work with those emotions. I and see. Whether they're positive, you know, whether we view them as positive or negative right. um, is really up to us. But if we're getting very emotional about a decision involving money, sometimes it can be helpful just to take a step away, acknowledge that we're having that emotion mm -hmm. and get curious about it. Mm. Why is this triggering me again for good or bad or, or yeah. something in between? Yeah. Um, it, what does this mean? And then if you can allow yourself some time and space to think about that, mm -hmm. then it can help impact the situation that you're involved with. Um, I love that you so, brought up getting curious, Sandy. Yeah, I, I do too. Uh, thanks for bringing that up, Cami. And thanks for bringing up that point, Sandy, about getting curious, right? Getting curious is right. And, and, and to me, it suggests leaning into that that feeling of discomfort right because mm. i'll tell you right now quite transparently okay if i'm in a department store and i see a shirt that i really like and that shirt is say 25 dollars, you know um i pretty much have a cerebral um i don't know intelligent approach towards shelling out 25 dollars for that shirt it's I like yours shirt. you're buying it. <laughs> yeah it's mine okay but if I go to a car lot and I see a beautiful truck for 53 grand, you know, um, I may have some reservations and it may be the emotion that's keeping me reserved before making such a decision. And I'm, there would probably be a little bit more emotion involved in the purchase of a new truck versus the purchase of a shirt. So, I guess depending on the situation, depending on the purchase, depending on what dollar amounts we're talking about, dollars, yeah, right. In each of these transactions, um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And 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 in in that discomfort for that fifty three grand truck, you're suggesting that take a step back and be curious about it, right? <laughs> Lean into okay, why am I uncomfortable about this? What is it that's making me uncomfortable? What are the uh pros and cons, right? Aubrey, I'll, I'll, I'll match your story with a personal story of my own. Okay. When I was in my 20s, I lived in New York City, and I didn't make mm -hmm. very much money when I lived there, and I mm. had no money for, for transportation. You know, the idea mm. of taking a cab was such a luxury. I'd walk blocks and blocks and blocks, and, you know, yeah. if I was going far enough, I'd shell out money for the subway. Yeah. That stuck with me. When I came back to California, mm -hmm. I, just, I just had this sense of I can't afford to pay for transportation. And so oh, wow. to this day, to this day, uh -huh. I will find myself driving around looking for a spot to park my car in on the street so I can avoid a, a, a fee at a parking garage. And I have to really? stop myself and get curious and say, oh my gosh, you're being ridiculous. You need to be somewhere now. You can afford to spend money on this parking lot. Right, but we, right. We get into these emotional traps for one reason or another. Mm -hmm. um, and they usually have to do with some prior story from, from our life. So getting curious yeah. and really helping yourself through a, a process of what is the cost here? What is the benefit to me? And how does that fit in with the bigger vision I have for myself? Yeah. And, you know, maybe even paying for a valet is okay. <laughs> I love that example because it's also talking about we evolve, right? right. So back right. when you were in your 20s, that was the right approach. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy for us to just keep doing what we're doing. 
trucking, keeping on trucking. Yeah. And so that idea of having these conversations, even with ourselves, checking in, why is this? Yeah. And sometimes it's just because it's the principle makes me feel good. It goes back to, I am so, I win. I got the parking spot. Yes. <laughs> I saved that 25 bucks. Right. It yes. took me three hours. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So true. And Cammie, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, right? Um, it may have been the appropriate decision or the appropriate response at that time in your life. Right. And so um, that is totally aligned with the theme of the road to rediscovery. Right. Um, when, when you're in your twenties, you come across an event and you may or may not heed the lesson from that event, right? And so maybe you were at a different point in your life, a different time, different capacity. And then fast forward 10, 20 years later, you know, you're at a different point in your life, i.e. L.A. or California, sorry. And, and then you come across a circumstance that kind of brings you back to that original time, right? You, you're rediscovering, you know, what it is you should learn from that event. Like, Hey, I can now afford it. It was appropriate for when I was in my twenties, but now, you know, I'm older, I'm in a different place, different space. And, uh, and, 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 and that kind of helps you get over the hump. It sounds like Sandy does. Did it help you get over the hump? It did, but you know, okay. just to bring money conversations into it, I, I think I really became present about this by talking with a friend. Mm -hmm. Like, I think she's asking me, she's like, "Why, why are you driving around the block? Why don't you just <laughs> pop into that parking garage right yeah. over there?" Uh, and and I'm like, "Oh, you're uh -huh. right." So having <laughs> these money conversations, mm -hmm. I, I mean, this is a little bit of a silly example, but we could apply it to so many other examples of course, in life. Of course, um, yes. But, but it's just highlighting why it's so important to understand what are our emotions, get curious, have some conversations, and yes. really make sure that the decisions you're making are ones that support what you're trying to accomplish in your life. Absolutely. Well said. Absolutely. Um, you know, Sandy, you have a talent. It might be a hidden talent, but you have a talent of bringing up very, both of you, but, but Sandy, you bring up very um, uh, poignant points. Okay. And th thoughtful points that somehow you kind of segues into my next question. <laughs> I'm a mind reader too. Aubrey. I didn't oh, you are. <laughs> you were mentioning New York, you know, um, a, a couple minutes ago, and that was actually going into my question. Um, I'm playfully saying this, right. But um, not sure if you, are you, you're familiar with SNL, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, and you probably even read this uh, article in a paper or something, or maybe seen it on SNL. Um, I don't know if you heard that uh, cast members Colin Jost and Pete Davison, they went in together and bought a Staten Island ferry boat for $280,000. They're both from Staten Island, and they went in to buy the Staten Island ferry boat. And so um, using that example, you know, it's been said for years that it's a bad idea to go into business with a relative or or for you know best friends to go in on investing in property or some other type of investment. Um, what are your thoughts on that? As long as the parties, both parties, maintain transparency and a healthy discussion over money, um, can they still do that? 
I'll jump in there. I mean, if you want, Sandy, uh, yeah, yeah, go that, for it. That's it. It's, it's, you know, that of course, and mm -hmm. I actually come from a family business, you know, my grandparents, the grandfather started it mm -hmm. and all the family worked in it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not easy, but as long as people are talking and open and having as transparent as they need at that time, I think right. it's, I think it's really, really critical. And then it can be really successful. I mean, I think our, our GDP is made up of a lot of these family businesses. Mm -hmm. And so the more, you know, we set up sort of the rules of engagement from the beginning, like Sam right. said, if you don't have that, do it at least today, you know, for the future. Yeah. And have these really open conversations about what, what are you even doing with this, you know, ferry boat? And mm -hmm. is one because they want to park it and say they have it? Does one want to turn it into a revenue? I, I actually don't know this story. Yeah. Um, but just be open about what they want to do with it and <laughs> what's it for. Right. <laughs> I think that's right. Like when it comes to owning assets together, mm -hmm. that can be a tricky situation for many people to navigate. Mm -hmm. I think think it can be just as tricky when it's two family members, especially in the case of, of Cami, the family business that you're bringing up in your own family, um, but two unrelated parties as well. It can be complicated. So as Cami mentioned, knowing, identifying the roles and responsibilities of the individuals, I think is super helpful, making sure that there is transparency about the money aspects mm. and also thinking through what is the exit plan if someone wants to mm. you know, bail from the ferry boat? Yeah, <laughs> that's just reality. I mean, yeah, yeah. Things change, right? Yeah, we, yeah. Sometimes we have different needs. Yeah. Um, figuring that out in advance can be really helpful. Having to make that up on the fly, mm -hmm. especially if there are emotional reasons exactly. behind the, the, the breakup, so to speak, yeah. of this ownership. Um, that can be tricky. So it, to the extent folks can do that in advance, I think it can be really helpful. And I think it can be really fun for, for friends to invest together. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But money conversations are super important for that decision. Oh, hundred percent. So, so super important. And um, another great point you brought up there, Sandy, I mean, you could have one person who is, um, going into this ferry boat uh investment like okay we're going to do this for a season and you know for half you know for fun and make a little money and stuff and then probably sell it and then the other person is like this is going to be our nest egg man we're going to retire we're going to leave <laughs> snl and all this and and so they have these two different like end games if you will without talking to each other about it can be can 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 quite can cause quite a um quite a fix uh when when they eventually get to that point in the road where it's like hey you know um i think i'm going to cut out you know right no yeah. that can be really hard um yeah yeah so a lot can be prevented up front having those conversations about that hey what is our end goal for, for this here? We know what we want to do now with this boat, but like for how long and, mm -hmm. you know, and what is our intent behind it? So I just use that as an example, but it really applies to, to any type of in, uh, endeavor or investment um, that, that multiple parties explore. Is, it, is that right? That's right. 
That's absolutely right. And the more parties that get involved, the trickier it can be. So having mm -hmm. a point person who will do some of the legwork um, and they might need to get compensated for doing some of that legwork right. um, might involve bringing attorneys in and coming up with some sort of structure for the ownership. Mm -hmm. um, so rather than just being multiple parties owning something together, maybe they're putting together a limited liability company or, or some sure. other structuring um, in place. But, but there's a lot of different ways to think about it. Mm -hmm. Having the goal of, of the investment, having the roles and responsibilities set out, having that exit plan, I think can be. Yeah, I think that's. Can't hurt. It's not going to hurt. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Not at all. And sometimes having those conversations up front can lead parties to realize that this really isn't a good idea. We're not on the same page. <laughs> true, true. And, and it could save a lot of anguish, you know, yeah. in the future. Yeah. yeah, for future anguish. Um, so what about children? I mean, like, how early should we start talking about money with with children? And what are some of the, um, for lack of a better term, elementary um, basic topics to begin discussing to keep from overwhelming them on on such a topic. Kimmy, I want you to respond to this one because I feel like you've I, been on it. I think on a this lot journey. about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got younger kids, and so mm -hmm. it really pretty early on they they start when they they you know when they start engaging with money like they right. see that it's an exchange for value yes they are the master negotiators <laughs> oh my gosh they, they're yeah. like little tiny lawyers um <laughs> so you you get in these money conversations with them in a way that's not it doesn't feel direct we're not sitting down i'm not you know, necessarily educating them on money, but we have, I mean, that's something we do think it's important. You play with it, you touch it, uh, in this world of digital money, mm -hmm. we think it's, you know, and from our family, like hold it there, there, there is, there's, there's something tangible and it's an exchange for something out. So, right. um, that's a tool, you know, when you're, if, if it's appropriate for your family is an allowance, a way to start talking about money. Right. And what is money for? Is mm -hmm. it for consumption? Mm -hmm. Is it for savings? Is it for your community? Mm -hmm. Is it for all three? Likely all three. Mm -hmm. And start using that opportunity with, you know, whatever you're doing with your money as you're, you know, if you do set up an allowance, talking with your kids about that. That's been a really fun journey we've been on and our, we get to keep doing this with our yeah. kids who are, yeah. you know, they're, they're not yet even 10 Mm -hmm. It's just a really exciting time. But like I said, they, the, the funny thing is they love spending our money. Oh, sure. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I told a story recently where my daughter gave me half of or a quarter of her net worth in exchange for something, which is $10. <laughs> $10 um, okay. So there's $10, you know, and I, I, it was a funny story. I won't share it here, but you know, they don't have a lot, but to right. them, they want, they, they're, you know, they get the value of saving and saving yes. for something special, right. but they sure can spend your money. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, they seem to go through it quite easily, you know? And I think sharing with yeah. them your experiences, mm -hmm. I think the storytelling is so powerful. Yes. And I think whether it's, you know, this isn't related to money specifically, but you're talking about work, but you're also talking about your life and, and the money That's and, right. and, 
why you work and what's it for, what's money for in our family. What, how do we think about giving back to our community, yeah. both in dollars and right. our personal sweat, you know? Yeah. Like sweat equity or sweat. sweat yeah. <laughs> yeah. Roll up your sleeves kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, Cammie, I really appreciate you bringing those insights um, when it comes to, and, and your personal experience you're going through so far with, you know, with, with your children um, in, in the discussion of money. Um, and the reason why I asked that is because um, this is just my thought or theory, or maybe I heard it somewhere. I think I did hear it somewhere, but, you know, from a socioeconomic standpoint, uh, and I go, I'm, I'm going back okay, to like, oh, let's say the the 19th century, okay, um, in the United States, uh, days of slavery, right? And, and you have these rich um, plantation owners, you know, they have, back then, uh, the currency was property, you know, mm -hmm. and of course, you know, money, but uh, property was, was a, a very, very big uh, sign of wealth, you know, and so, um, when you have slavery, um, you don't quite have the same type of education on the value of money from, say, a slave parent to a slave child versus a plantation owner to a plantation owner's child. Mm -hmm. And I know it sounds silly, I'm going that far back, but generation after generation, as it's handed down, um, as time progresses, then you see kind of like this um, opposite trends, you know, where um, you have uh, the things that are being taught from the plantation owner to their children and children's children and so forth. Those are principles of how they've achieved their wealth, you know, whereas the value of money for a slave may be different just to have something, you know, um, but is it the right thing, you know, and those types of things. So um, uh, I think it's very important to teach your children about money and the correct way to use it, how to use it, what it's used for, um, and how to make the right decisions when it comes to to that and being the example for it, right? Um, I'm, modeling. I'm, yeah, modeling. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I'm hoping, and I'm not, so in this example, I was just too. talking black and white. But I'm I'm really I'm really discussing any race for that matter, right? And gender um, too. Right? And gender, mm -hmm. thank you. That's a great point, Sandy. I mean, we want to break that mold, right? Break that cycle of 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 the the behaviors uh, and and what is valued, um, you know, as as true value uh, versus um, you know something that is just. Um, superficial for lack of a better term, you know? So um, mm -hmm. is there a socioeconomic um, type of history when it comes to that versus, you know, when it comes to uh, that for, you know, different race, different ethnicities, genders, um, what, what, what have your findings been or what have you observed? I mean, I couch this, Aubrey, from our conversations with different guests on Many Tales because we talked to a, a wide mm -hmm diverse group of people yeah and it is true that there are different systems in our society that cause us to have different generational learnings habits um behaviors around money yeah and it is really important to open that up 
Mm-hmm. And again, I sound like a broken record, but I think this is where many conversations really become helpful mm-hmm. because we only know the money system that's in the family we came from or, or you know, however we grew up. Yes. It's hard for us to really understand and empathize someone else's experience True. without having open conversations about the experiences. We can make assumptions, we can make judgments, sure, but sure. we don't really know right. until we're able to share stories. And I think what you're bringing up is not only true among different races in this country and, and around the globe, um, it's different generations. Yeah. It's rich and poor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's rich and rich, you know, kind of the old money and the new money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we talked, I mentioned gender before. There's so many differences that can apply. The idea is to share those differences, understand them. Curiosity comes into this conversation too. Um, but once we understand the different systems, the different, um, limiting thought processes in some cases or expansive thought processes in others, we can make better decisions for ourselves and what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That that really do. That really does, Sandy. And like you said, again, be curious and uh, share. And listen. And listen listen to Cammie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Listen to and we've yeah. been talking, I'm so glad you brought that up, Kimmy, because we've been talking about talking, talking, talking. <laughs> when you have conversations, listening is a huge part. Yes. And oftentimes, we're, we don't really listen to the people we're talking to, right? Yeah. We, we sit there thinking about the next thing that we want to say. Right. We hear <sighs> them, but we don't. That's listen. right. We're not truly listening. And yeah. to have effective money conversations, Aubrey. Mm-hmm. You really need to get to a spot where you can really listen. Yes. Not only with your ears and your mind, but with your heart and your soul. I think that makes a big difference. And Ari, this has been part of the gift of the Money Tales podcast is mm-hmm. that we've had over a hundred guests join us and we're hearing their stories. And I'll speak for myself. It's just I I I'm I'm learning, I'm growing through this diverse group. I'm I'm exposed to so much more than had I not been sitting in these conversations. So I think Sandy's making such an important point. Tell our Mm -hmm. stories, listen, be curious. And through that, that we're going to start, that'll help break down some of this Mm -hmm. and and pass this knowledge along to groups that, you know, that would benefit. And I'm just, I I love it. I, I love storytelling. I love that we're sharing and through that we're growing. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, what naturally, in, in my opinion, organically happens in sharing stories is um, not just learning and growing, but connecting. Right. Mm, so, so important. Yeah. Yeah. Connecting is, is, is huge. And so, um, as you know, this show is about overcoming major adversities, right. And life struggles. And um, many of these are connected to money um, when it comes to uh, the guests that I've had on my show. Uh, They've been coaches, entrepreneurs, business owners, you know, when it comes to 
divorce, divorce settlements, or maybe they lost mm -hmm. their business, their business went under and they're millions of dollars in debt, you know, and, and so uh, lawsuits and a lot more, right? So with challenges of this magnitude, it, it can often seem hard to see the forest for the trees, so to speak, and, 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 and try to maintain that sense of calm, that sense of reason, that sense of rationality to try to figure out how do I get out of this hole? So my question is, how does one keep a healthy perspective in the midst of these emotions um, and, uh, and, and chaos while keeping their emotions in check to work towards resolving their money situation? Yeah, what you just described is a really tricky matter for many of us. Mm -hmm. And I would say being able to take some time to think about what is your goal? What's your goal? What's your vision of the goal? Right. Write it down. Yeah. Post it <laughs> everywhere you look. Mm -hmm. And then you need to think through steps that are going to help you get to that goal because it can it can feel daunting. It can be really hard. But with anything in life, right. you can likely just chunk it out into little steps. Yes, yes. Right? And, mm -hmm. and get those steps in order. Identify what they are. Prioritize them. Sort them in lots of different ways. You know, what's the most important, the most impactful? What's the easiest? What's the hardest? Right, and right. kind of like, you know, put them in some sort of order. Mm -hmm. where you can make small and steady progress and kind of build on a snowball basis <clears throat> over yes. time. I, I think that is an approach that many people would find helpful. Got I'll it. add a couple more points, uh, or yes. a couple thoughts. Mm -hmm. First, don't forget to breathe. It's <laughs> exactly. Breathe. Honestly, I, 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 I get there where I'm so bound up. I, almost can't breathe. Yeah. So breathe and then challenge those fears. Not only identify your goals, identify your fears right. and an exercise that I've been exposed to recently, which I really like is go down the what if exercise. Well, mm -hmm. what if mm -hmm. that happens? And mm -hmm. okay, if that, what if that, and just keep going. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, you know, like that chipping away, you can chip away at that fear and realize it's not as big as it is. Now, oh. we're not talking about disease and, you know, no, right. this doesn't work <laughs> in all areas. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a disclaimer. We'll, we'll, we'll qualify yeah, yeah. that statement, right? Yeah. Thank you. So, <laughs> no, I understand. <laughs> uh, uh, that's that's a great addition to that, Cami. That makes a lot of sense, right? And uh, um, just chunks, right? Manageable chunks. And I'm going to throw out yeah. one more idea that, that is sparked by Cammie's comments, which yeah. is oftentimes in our lives, we're, we're the protagonist, we're the main person, <laughs> we're on the stage. Mm -hmm. And I've worked with a, a coach who always said, go on up to the balcony mm -hmm. and look at your life from the balcony instead of from the stage. Mm, and okay. I think if, if folks can try to get Great. that perspective, yeah. Especially in times of turmoil, when everything seems just difficult, that yeah. can be very helpful. And it just sort of allows you to mentally remove yourself directly from the situation and look at your yeah. what you're dealing with a little more objectively from a little further away. 
Yeah, that's a fresh perspective. It really is. And uh, it can also be mind changing. I mean, you know, in, in the right way to uh, to help someone realize, hey, look, you know, there's a whole world out there, you yeah. know, and this, you know, I mean, the world's not coming to an end. You know, <laughs> I'm just a small part of it. And, uh, you know, anything's possible. We can overcome this for sure. That's right. Yeah. And, and as yeah. Cammie said, keep breathing. That, that yes. is such an important point. Love what Cammie said about breathing. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> huge. That is huge. Breathe deeply. Yes. Yes. So Sandy, Cammie, how can the listeners connect with you, learn more about the great work that you're doing, subscribe to your podcast? And listen to some episodes and and, and just maybe even, you know, uh, set up a consultation with you. Thanks, Aubrey. Uh, I think one easy place is on LinkedIn. Okay. Um, Asperian has a website. It's A-S-P-I-R-I-A-N-T dot com. So mm -hmm. you can head to Asperian.com and there's uh, an area where you can start a dialogue with us. That's a great way to get started. Wonderful. And um, Cammie, I'll let you talk about how to find the podcast. Yeah. So same website and then uh, forward slash podcast. So you can just click the podcast tab. We've got all of our episodes. And of course, you can always go to your favorite podcast platform, whether it's Apple or Spotify or whatever, right. and just search Money Tales. Mm -hmm. and um, you'll find it. And we would absolutely be honored if you would listen and subscribe. You can rate us on those platforms. It really helps other people find us. As we know, there's so many out there. So it, you know, the more the people subscribe and rate their experience, the better it helps others curate and find their own content. So thanks yeah. for asking, Aubrey. No, absolutely. My pleasure. Um, and it sure does help in that regard. So listeners, you're hearing it here first. Okay. <laughs> subscribe to Money Tales. Cammie and Sandy have some tremendous insights when it comes to helping us get more comfortable with discussing the topic of money with family, with friends, with neighbors, with coworkers, with business partners. It's very, very important. It expands and uh, advances trust within one another, right? And please, please check out their website, experience.com. I will have the link to the podcast, as well as the website in the episode show notes. So please check those out while you're listening to this great conversation. Sandy, Cammie, I want to thank you guys so much for coming on the show. You've really, really shared some insights that resonated with my listeners, no doubt, but also definitely resonated with me in terms of talking comfortably about money. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Aubrey. This has been a lot of fun and very meaningful. A real delight. Thanks, Aubrey. Oh, likewise. Thank you. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening. And look, if you have a loved one, a colleague, coworker, um, who just seems to be down, going through dark days of despair, maybe they're not themselves, uh, slipping into bad habits, change of behavior, I humbly ask that you please tell them about this show. Because on the road to rediscovery, there are two things we want our listeners to know. Number one, you're not alone. And number two, there is always hope. Mm -hmm. The road to rediscovery, it's a movement, a revolution. And guess what? You are now part of it. We're all roadies on this journey of life. And it sure feels good having you on the road with me. Thanks again for listening. We'll chat again soon. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of The Roads Rediscovery. 
We'd love to hear from you. Shoot us an email at roadsrediscoverypodcast at gmail.com and leave us any questions or comments you may have. The Roads Rediscovery is an AJ Shark production.